I got Nero Shabbos, everybody. We're about to begin. Shear number 36 in the Svarma of Rav Zelik Pliskin. We're in a shear on kindness. Today we're going to talk about the chesed of, for yourself, to convince yourself, as well as others, that um, when you have change, which is hard work, as opposed to, to uh, enjoyment, um, to create a positive attitude towards the changes you need to make, to make it more enjoyable, and to believe in that enjoyment until it becomes part of you. So in other words, what I'm saying here is a very important thing, because very often you feel like it's a high, big mountain. You know you need to improve on something. You need to make changes, and it feels like that high mountain that you have to climb, and how are you going to reach it? And even if you go step by step, it feels very burdensome to you. So really, the view that you have on change will either motivate you to be making more positive changes or will cause you to be fearful to avoid the change. And one of the biggest things a person can do is when they switch viewing change, where they used to view it as being painful, hard work, and to switch that attitude to something that is more positive in your self-development. And it is true, no one's going to deny it. There's no way to get around it. True, real change can be difficult. But what's also MS, what's also true, is that you could learn how to enjoy the process a lot more than you're doing it now, and it'll help you become more motivated. And... um, Change happens in all that those natural processes. When so a baby learns how to crawl, to walk, eventually run, and then speaking till people understand you, then reading, writing, every new skill. When you internalize new ideas, the first time you're learning Mishnayas, the first time you're learning Gemara, first time you you you're um, going to school for a particular trade, the first. Um, opportunity when you're working on your first job. All of these things are difficult changes, but they're also very positive aspects of growth. And the more you train yourself to view those as enjoyment, then it'll make it more enjoyable. So as an example, also is even work, the, the menial tasks, let's say, at work. So obviously there's no question, to, you know, let's be realistic. Um, if you have a hard job or it's difficult, even if you enjoy aspects of it, you obviously would enjoy more uh, being on vacation than sitting at work by your desk or whatever you're doing. It's more pleasurable very often. Or Shabbos when you're resting, in a way, it's more hana than if you're working. But when you have teachers and coaches whose greatest pleasure in life is in self-development and growth, and they enjoy that process... Really, every type of parnasi you could sort of train yourself to enjoy that process and enjoy it and, and, and work towards it. In other words, if it's menashamayim, you have to be at work anyway, and this is what you're doing, you could try to adapt your mind to start finding ways to find it more pleasurable, more interesting, and even the changes that you have to make to find it that it's a fascinating thing, more experienced, you know, and, and a more positive experience. And it may seem unrealistic, but it really isn't. And this really does help. 
So here's a few anecdotes that he brings down. One, he says, an anecdote that someone says, I was lazy, pessimistic. I always would see the dark side of a situation. Nothing was so good that I couldn't find fault with it. I would blame and complain. My negative, my negativity caused misery to others. And the one who suffered mostly was myself. A number of people told me to go for counseling, and I did. But I didn't feel like spending months dredging up my miserable childhood and recalling every depressed memory. I basically, um, I was advised to ask them, how could I view change? And some of the responses came back. One of them says, said, how you view, how I view change isn't the issue. The issue is how you view change. Change takes time and is very often very painful. Most people don't have the inner fortitude to face the fact that they need to change. We resist change. So he got all these different pieces of advice. Finally, though, he met someone who said the following, that some changes can be painful, uh, but by focusing on the benefits, the entire process will be meaningful and can be a source of joy in a person's life. I feel that when most, most people can develop this attitude. We change all the time. Every positive step forward. Change really means that you are learning some new type of action and a new pattern of thought that will make your life better. This can be tremendously exciting. Meeting someone who felt enthusiastic about change changed me. It took a while to recondition my brain, but I enjoy the process much more than I thought I would. This is so, so important. It's hard for me to um, fully... Um, emphasize this point of how important this is because we tend to um, be so trapped in that reluctance towards change um, which is comes naturally because if we're used to a pattern in our brain of doing some task a certain way or doing something a certain way to get out of it, you have to break against your comfort zone. And everyone likes their comfort zone. And I admit it myself. I like my comfort zone. So to move out of it causes a certain discomfort. So it uh, uh, causes some type of uh, stress. And um, causes me to think change is not necessarily any fun at all. But the bottom line is is you do have that ability. You know, you don't, again, we don't bite off more than we can chew. Sometimes changes have to be taken little by little. In working on midas and other things, the gra and other tzaddikim recommend that you do work on your midas little by little, step by step. You don't do crazy things. You don't all of a sudden change your life 24-7 within a 24-hour period. doesn't work like that. But in those step-by-step aspects that are manageable, baby steps, doable, you make those changes and you basically work with your mind saying, this wasn't so bad after all. This could be exciting. This could be interesting. And and you work through it. I'll give you an example, a work type of example. Let's say there's different ta- types of tasks of, of work you do. There's one particular thing you really, really hate doing. And then you say to yourself, I'm always procrastinating, procrastinating. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to do that the first thing to knock that off my list, something that's important to do, but I hate that thing. But I'm going to find it an accomplishment, and I'm going to take pleasure in the fact that I'm knocking off that thing first thing in the morning. 
and you psych yourself up for it. And in the morning, that's the last thing you want to do. You want to do that number 20, but instead you make that number one. I'm doing that first. And you say, this may not be enjoyable at the moment, but it's going to be fun and I'm going to feel good about it. And that's what usually happens. You take that thing that was priority number 20, but you know you have to get to it, because but you hate it. And you take it as priority number one. And you come to work 9 in the morning. From 9 to 10, you did that, and you're done with it. It's a great feeling. i done it, and it was doable. It was, not, And also, usually, you tell yourself it was not as bad as I thought it could have been. It wasn't as bad at all. And, and part of it was even, if I may say so, at least slightly enjoyable. So that's a chesed you do for yourself and a chesed you do for others is to promote this type of change and encourage the ability to, for people to enjoy that change that they make in their life. And that really could be a game changer to make those changes and to give you the courage to do so and the motivation to do so. The next thing um, we'll talk about briefly is to correct mistakes that people make in a sensitive way is a big chesed. When someone makes a mistake, they feel very, very vulnerable. And it's an act of kindness to point out mistakes so they can be corrected, but you want to do it in a way that's sensitive in your tone of voice and not hurtful. You don't say that was a stupid mistake or you never do anything right or you don't care or you attack their intelligence, their skill. That's not how you do it. The way you correct mistakes very often is to say things like this. I made similar mistakes myself. And this is what I did when I had to made those mistakes and how I overcame it. Or you probably realize this and all you need to do is such and such. Or you tell them this happens to many people and they learned how to do it a different way. And this is the way you go about doing it. Or I'm sure you know how to do this right and this was an oversight. You must have been overtired or whatever it is. And people who have sensitive natures will appreciate this so much and it's the great, great chesed to do this. For people who have sensitive natures who feel very hurt when people point out their mistakes or verbally, you know, attack them. And sometimes you don't mean to attack them. You're just trying to correct the mistake but they take it the wrong way because it's said in an abrupt way. And... um Part of it also, by the way, is that when you want to point out a mistake to help another person, they have to feel that you're not enjoying catching them on mistakes. Some people take pleasure when they pounce on somebody, like Nebuchadnezzar Balkaira, the S, the Ace, the, the pronouncing wrong, like the, 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 the enjoyment you get for like, ah, oh, that was wrong, that was wrong, that was wrong, that was wrong. They get a glee, they get a tainug, by being correcting someone. And that's not healthy. The healthy way of correcting mistakes is when you, the person who you're correcting could tell that you're not taking any pleasure by hurting them. You're not taking any pleasure by pointing out an error that is being made at all. It's not to blame them. It's not, you're not, in other words, the person who is receiving the criticism needs to feel that the person who is giving them that correction is not out to get them, is not being one up on top of them, is not uh, trying to think I'm better than you, or gets an enjoyment from attacking. No. The best way to do it is simply 
to realize it's no this is uh, it's no fun. I make these mistakes too. And I'm not telling you this because I, I, I'm, I feel superior in any way, shape, or form. And that's a very important thing for people who correct other people, teachers or other people, um, even in mitzvahs or even in shul, you want to correct somebody about a behavior. You really got to think it through very, very well, whether to say it in the first place and then when you decide that you need to say it, how to go about it, and always do it in a way that's humble and very tactful, very sensitive, where it's clear that all you want to do is to help that other person, and you're not trying to find a flaw because you want to feel better about yourself, and you want to make them a notch down. To the contrary, you want to lift them up. And that's the way you correct mistakes. So these two Yisaitis that we discussed today are both very, very important to convince yourself and the Chesed of helping others realize that change could be enjoyable too, even though it's hard work and can be difficult, but you can find ways to make it enjoyable and to adapt to that. And that makes change easier to handle and be more motivated to change in a positive way and also to correct mistakes with sensitivity. Have a good Shabbos.